Hi, Steve here. I've been wanting to do this video for a long time and I'm finally done procrastinating, so here it is. We live in difficult times, perilous times, just like the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy about. All through the Bible, we read about a satanic push that would be increasing before God would bring it all to a conclusion. So the question is, what can Satan do to you and what can't he do to you? You also need to understand right up front that many people have blamed God for things that are really their fault, that they just don't want to own up to. People who smoke three packs of cigarettes a day for years and years and then they get cancer and they say, why did God let this happen to me? God allows a lot of things to happen when we won't walk in wisdom and when we won't put our faith in Him. But the one thing He does not allow for is the enemy to ravage your life when you're born again, when you're a spirit-filled believer. This is where the scripture comes from. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Job lived sometime between the flood and the time of Moses. He lived around the same time that Abraham did. This was a time when men still trusted in God, before that time when everything was so corrupted that God destroyed the earth by the flood. Job lived before the giving of the law, since there was no mention of a tabernacle or a temple, no mention of priests or the law given to Israel. He may have lived sometime around 2200 BC, making him a contemporary of Abraham, Lot, and Isaac. Another clue is that in the time prior to Moses, Job gave his daughters an inheritance among their brothers. Under the Mosaic law, a father passed his inheritance to sons only, unless he had no sons. A righteous man like Job would have had a reverence and obedience to God, as other men had who had learned from their ancestors like Adam and Enoch. The book of Job has 42 chapters, but we're only gonna look at the first two and then some of the very last chapter. The first two chapters tell us everything we need to know about the enemy of our souls. Remember, his name was Lucifer, and he was created by God and wonderfully made. We find this in the book of Ezekiel. You were the anointed cherub who covers or guards, and I placed you there. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones of fire. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. You may remember in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus sent 72 disciples out to go minister to the areas around Jerusalem ahead of him. And when they came back, they were very excited about the fact that the demons were subject to them in the name of Yeshua. And he told them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. Nevertheless, don't rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. So Satan lost his assigned position in heaven, but he didn't lose access to heaven just yet. That's described later in Revelation chapter 12. So let's get into the book of Job. There was a man in the land of Uz, or Uz, whose name was Job, and that man was blameless, upright, fearing God and turning away from evil. Seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Job was a wealthy man in livestock and in possessions. And then we read, his sons used to go and hold a feast in the house of each one on his day, and they would send word and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When the days of feasting had completed their cycle, 
Job would send word to them and consecrate them, getting up early in the morning and offering burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, Perhaps my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. So Job did this continually. It sounds like they were family-centered, and Job really reverenced and feared God. Now there was a day when the sons of God, the angels, came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, Where did you come from? Satan answered and said, From roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. The Lord said, Have you considered my servant Job? For there's no one like him on earth, a blameless and upright man, revering God and turning away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord, and he said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a fence around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You've blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But reach out with your hand now and touch all that he has. He will certainly curse you to your face. Then the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only don't reach out and put your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. Why did God not do it himself? Why did he give the devil the power to do it? Because God will never destroy a righteous man. He will never come against a man who is honoring and reverencing him. Never. It's obvious there are several things about the devil that we see here. He hates the righteous. He hates those who reverence and obey God. And he wants to kill, steal, and destroy God's creation. And that becomes very clear when he's cast out of the second heaven, the firmament, in Revelation chapter 12. And then he goes out to destroy everything and everyone he can. Like Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I, Jesus said, came so that they would have life and have it abundantly. So the devil wastes no time in going out to destroy as much as he can. Now on the day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the female donkeys feeding beside them and the Sabians attacked and took them. They also killed the servants with the edge of the sword and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another came in and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. This was fire falling from heaven, but it was not the fire from God. This is the same type of fire that we read about in Revelation, about the false prophet. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down out of the sky to the earth in the presence of people. While he was still speaking, another came and said the Chaldeans formed three units and made a raid on the camels and took them and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, a fourth one came and said your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house and it fell on the young people and they died and I alone have escaped to tell you. So the devil brought every catastrophe he possibly could upon Job's family. Then Job got up, tore his robe, and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground and worshiped. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I'll return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Despite all this, Job did not sin, 
nor did he blame God. Unfortunately, though, Job did still not understand that it was not God who did any of this to him, simply giving Satan permission to do his will. Not only do we see that God does not do this to a righteous man or woman, but we also see that Satan is truly like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, he didn't devour Job at this point, but we see the nature of the adversary. This is an incredible example of faith and trust and reverence for God that we hardly even see in the church today. But the devil was not done yet. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves, the angels, before the Lord. And Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? The devil said, from roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. The Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? For there, there is no one like him on earth, a blameless and upright man fearing God and turning away from evil. And he still holds firm to his integrity. Although you incited me against him to ruin him without cause. Satan said, skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has, he will give for his life. However, reach out with your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he'll curse you to your face. So the Lord said, okay, he is in your power, only spare his life. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with severe boils from the sole of his foot to the top of his head. And Job took a piece of pottery, a broken piece to scrape himself while he was sitting in the ashes. Then his wife said to him, do you still hold your integrity firm? Why don't you curse God and die? He said, you're speaking as a foolish woman speaks. Shall we actually accept good from God, but not accept adversity? Despite all this, Job did not sin with his lips. He refused to curse God. Later on in the last chapter of Job, after listening to his three friends give their opinions and their advice, and Job shared his thoughts, the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends, and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Indeed, none of those who wait for you will be ashamed. Those who deal treacherously without cause will be ashamed. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces will never be ashamed. This lesson was for our learning. It was for us to understand the nature of our adversary and the nature and character of our God. And the man Job was the one he used to teach us this lesson. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you'd like to know the living God, I leave a link in the description box below. Go down there now, click on that link. It'll take you to a page that will help lead you in a simple prayer to make Jesus the Lord of your life. I'm afraid in the end, when everyone in the world who's not been born again, who's not given their life to Christ, who doesn't have a faith in Christ, and they believe Satan's lies through the Antichrist. And when you're forced to take a mark, because if you don't, you won't be able to buy or sell anything. It's at that time when you'll either prove the devil right or you'll prove him wrong. Think about it.